Hey everyone, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now. Hello everyone! I am Matthew Thomas. This is Super Cool Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in on the platform of your choice. I got a great show lined up for you. My guest, who I'll be bringing on in just a little bit, he is the drummer for Chicago-based rock band Bullet to the Heart, Draven DC. Before I bring him on, I'm going to feature their latest single, Black Widow. It was released at the end of August this song very hard hitting and hard rocking i really enjoy it and i think you will as well here is black widow by bullet to the heart enjoy
I have a great guest with me at this time. Just recently dropped a killer new single and music video for Black Widow. Please welcome the drummer of Bullet to the Heart, Draven. How you doing, man? Doing really good. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here on this episode of Super Cool Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, I've heard a lot of great things about you. I was actually supposed to see you uh, earlier this year uh, with the rumors. Unfortunately, that show did not work out, but it is very nice to uh, get to chat with which, you. Uh, which show is that? Uh, it was supposed to be the South Bend show. It was like oh, okay, yeah. March or April. I don't remember. April, I think it was like 4th or 5th. Yeah, we had a yeah. chance that one. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but I did want to talk about, so since you did tour with my uh, my friends, the rumors, uh, how, was the, how was the tour? Oh, it was really good. They honestly uh, are some of the best tour mates we've ever had. So they're just super chill, super nice. Um, they're all about like getting stuff done, but also like having a party after. So they were just so awesome. We've had a lot of uh, negative experiences on touring, but they were such a pleasure. So it made it super smooth. I'm really happy to hear that. I uh, yeah, obviously I, I've hung out with them before. I've been to some of their shows as well. They're they're really great people, and they really kick ass on stage. Oh yeah, they kill it every night. I mean, every night, same energy, whether there's two people or a hundred people in the room, and I just mad respect. For sure, for sure. Now, uh, since we are we were talking about uh, concerts and shows, I know we had so much to talk about. We you know, with the new single. Before we get to that, a new question I got uh, for you: um, what what has been the best concert you've either played or uh, been to? Ooh, that's tough. I, I asked played, the marketing question. Or played or saw? Uh, yeah, it'll be or. If you want to say either one or both, that's fine with me too. Oh, we, your, we can do both. Interview. I don't mind doing both. It's your interview. I'm in. Yeah. So I think one of the one of the best shows I've been to more recently was uh, me and the entire band went to go see Disturbed. So nice. and it, it it was kind of cool because it wasn't just like the stereotypical Disturbed set. They did. It was like in a whole emotional roller coaster. Like they went through everything. They talked about everything serious to making fun of themselves. And then one of the biggest things for me and the band was they talked about themselves as a unit. And they were like, "Oh, we've been to all of our weddings. We've been there for all of our, uh, you know, kids." Like they did everything as a group. And that's where we kind of looked at each other, like, "Dude, I want to like live that with you guys." You know, like this is so much more than just a partnership or a band or like a band of brothers and everything. It goes way past that. And like to see them do that, they uh, they played a song and on the uh, prompt in the back, it was just all of their lives, like all the way from the 90s, all the way from now, how they've aged, kids, everything, every tour, every family event, like they're swinging back beers and grilling. But then they're also playing sold out arenas and that, that kind of woke us up a little bit to be like, dude, like, I want to do that, you know, like with you guys specifically. So that was, that, that was really cool to see, especially to share that experience with my bandmates. Oh, it definitely sounds like that. I had, uh, you know, disturbed for being for around us, how long they are. Like they are, they're such a tight unit. They're actually, you know, like friends, uh, yeah. side of it, which is, is it's unfortunate. It's kind of rare for like, you know, some of the, the big, huge, you know, uh, selling out arenas bands that, they all like each other and get along. Yeah, and it's actually very common, even on like the smaller scale. I mean, we've played smaller tours. We've been part of smaller packages. And some of these people, like they're on stage killing it. And then you're like, dude, like 
you know, nice job. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm not getting paid though because you know, so-and-so and you're like, oh, there's some, some shit going on. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's super weird, dude. <laughs> it, it definitely is. And it kind of what gets me, I, I think uh, Doyle from the Misfits pointed this out. It's like music's like one of the industries where, you know, people stop themselves from making a bunch of money just because they don't want to play with a certain person. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of the behind the scenes is so like gut wrenching sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes unnecessarily too. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of drama and you're surprised that some of the people that are in bigger bands were in other bigger bands, but nobody talks about it. There's a lot of that too. We we found that out. So it definitely, and I, I did want to say before we get on to the, the show that uh, the best show you think you performed at, um, I got to see Disturbed earlier this year, or is it last year? Oh boy. Uh, it was at the Hard Rock Casino in uh, Gary, Indiana. And, I think uh, that was this year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Their 20th anniversary, or was it 20 or 20? Their, it was one of their anniversary tours. I think it was 20. Uh, okay. Of one of their albums, I think. Um, but it was really cool. They got, I think they played about an hour and a half, too. Uh, and it was it was just really cool to see, and uh, for me not seeing them live, all, like people tell me, it's like, oh, you have to see Disturbed live. Now I understand why people say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they get um because you know they're that you know like people make fun of them in a weird way because they're just like that generic rock band, but they are incredible musicians and they put on one hell of a show. Oh, totally. So for like sure. I said, like just that emotional roller coaster of everything. Like they know what they are, they know how to kill it, and. They don't give a shit, you know? Oh, exactly. And you can see that on stage, too. It's like oh, they're, yeah. They're just there to have fun. All right. So now for you, so uh, the best show you performed at? So there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of good ones. But uh, a pinnacle one that I want to bring up is when we, uh, we got to headline Chicago House of Blues in 2018 for our uh, album release. Or it was 2019, sorry. It was for our uh, deluxe album release. That was probably kind of like with the Disturbed show. That was the moment where, like, like we, we had a big crowd there. We drew really well. Everybody's, like, craving the new music. We played the whole album front to back in order. And that's one of those moments where, like, you're looking around and you're like, dude, like, we could do this. Like, or maybe we're on to something. So it's definitely one of those, like, shows. I, I even brought out, like, the double bass kit you know, cause we were headlining. So I, I just got endorsed, uh, like right before that show. So I brought out the big, you know, six piece drum kit. I had like 13 symbols. It's like so stupid, but it's one of those moments where like, dude, like just do it. You know, like we, we got this and it, it, it was a good feeling for us. And like, like the disturbed show kind of lit a fire under us to continue and pursue this no matter what. No, definitely. Especially like for special shows like that, it's, it may look ridiculous, but it's totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't do it now. Now that we're touring a little more uh, often and professionally, I, I bring the the you know one rack tom, one floor tom, kick snare. I think what four cymbals and then a hi hat. That's it. Well, it is a little different, like yeah, for like those that that kind of special show compared to like touring yeah. every day, where you have to bring everything, you have to tear it down every day. Uh, it's a little <laughs> different. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's definitely like I mean I had fun with it, but uh, until I guess we're like a no uh, a main headliner, I, I probably won't go back to it for a while. Well, yeah, it's it's probably probably a smart move for right now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I went to the House of Blues I think a few years ago. Um, it it's such a unique venue. It's got that it's got a real like character to it. 
Oh, dude, I love it. It's like a second home for me. I, I've I've played it probably eight or nine times between the three bands I've been in. So, and uh, Bullets played it twice. We opened a show, and then we got to headline it, which was like a dream come true. But, yeah, the great custom artwork. Uh, they take care of the bands, like, backstage. It's just such a great place. I'd love to love to sell it out one day. You, you will get there. I I, I, I feel it. You, you guys will definitely get there. But, yeah. It is, I like the positive real, energy. That's right. Nothing but positivity here on Super Cool Radio. Because <laughs> no point in being negative. It's all about exactly. positivity. I should, put, I should put that on a shirt. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's all it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as no one steals it. Um, but all right, so for you, uh, before Bullet, uh, Bullet to the Heart, how did you get started as a musician? So I always considered myself a late bloomer uh, getting into music because I didn't start doing anything until I was like 10 or 11. So and uh, it's a kind of a long story, but I'll give you like the smaller version. Um, so we would go to my grandfather's every year for uh, Christmas and he wasn't like hugely involved in our lives. So like it was always like kind of weird, but he's a musician in his front room. He had wall of amps, drums keyboards like everything he played everything he recorded he sold music like in france and stuff like really just oddball stuff and uh i wanted to play guitar and for the love of christ i couldn't figure it out could not figure out how to play a guitar and you know just couldn't figure it out so he's like why don't you get on them drums and i was like oh dude drums are kind of lame man like what do you mean and he's like no just get on the drums and I played a little bit. I didn't think it was nothing. And one day, and again, he's not part of our lives that often, he came over randomly and he goes, hey, uh, I bought Draven a drum kit. We're, we're going to set it up right now. And my mom was like, w w he doesn't play drums. He's like, yeah, he's going to one day, I promise. And we set it up and I started practicing. And right when I was about 14, I played my first ever show. It was my uh, high school freshman year, Battle of the Bands. So played that. I think we got like second or third place. And that's where I was kind of like, dude, I'm kind of having fun. You know, like this is kind of cool. And from then on, I started joining bands, playing out in bars at 14, 15 years old. And then going back to House of Blues, I played House of Blues at 16. So I was on a stacked uh, like local lineup and there was some big local band at the time, sold it out for their album show. And I got to, I got to play and I was like, so happy like just oh my god like this is what it's like this is so cool and i just i got hooked i got addicted to it that, that sounds really incredible too especially how uh you know you know like a you know a family member who wasn't like super in lives got you into drums i think you know yeah it, it is it is kind of cool like they you know they're meant to be at that certain point you know at that certain point in life to for you to learn drums and to play the house of blues as we said how legendary a venue it is at age 16 like there's yeah. people who I know I've interviewed that want to play the House of Blues that you know still haven't. Yeah, it was it was uh it's so funny because think about it, you're 16, right? So like you're a teenager, you kind of feel like a man, but you're 16. And uh, they had a strict policy where you can't be under 18 and be in the green room unless I had a parent back there. So I had to have my parents back there, and all the bands were like way over 21, everyone's smoking weed, they're drinking, and I'm kind of like, hey guys, like I'm playing drums today, and everyone's like cool <laughs> so it's you know i was the goofy kid backstage with all these like adults like you know premium rock stars have been doing this for 10 plus years it was it was funny i i could just see like the dynamic of that you know, as you said you have the 
the the more veteran uh, people, and then you have you over there at sixteen playing drums, you know, with your parents in the green room because you're not yeah. eighteen yet. Because <laughs> all, all my bandmates as well, they were over eighteen, so I was I was by far the youngest band member. So even uh, Audrey at the time, she uh, she was in that band. She was nineteen years old. So she was 19. She had no no rules backstage. And the other guy was 18. We had a 20-year-old. And then here's me. I'm 16. Just turned 16. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it, it is it is funny. Like, I, I remember when I, I was 16. Like, you, you feel like you're invincible, but then, like, you don't yeah. realize, like, you're only 16. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, you look back and you're like, wow, there's a lot of cringe in that, in that era. <laughs> but at the time, you're like, I'm unstoppable, dude. <laughs> Yeah, the confidence is very high for no reason when you're 16. <laughs> yes, all the way till you get 18, then you get sad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's usually how it goes. Uh, so, so for you, so how did uh, Bullets of the Heart uh, come together? So, um, man, again, long story. So, stop me if I'm if I'm rambling. I tend to ramble a little bit. But it's um, your interview, man. I'm I'm here all day. <laughs> I, I live here. <laughs> Good to know. Um, yeah, so uh, Audrey and I were in a band uh, called Bulletproof at the time. I know, super generic name. Uh, and we were headlining this show. And like the day before, our guitarist and our bass player didn't want to do it. They were like, we're going to do one more show. We're done. Like, we don't care. We're just going to leave and pursue other things. So we're like, all right, well, we're playing this headline show. It's supposed to be an album release. We never finished the album. Um, so, you know, that was a big shock for a lot of people. And uh, one of the openers was Brian, our guitarist. He was one of the openers. And it was just him and a backtrack. He played guitar. And it was like an instrumental, like, metal project. And then a couple songs, he did vocals. And we announced on stage when we went up there that, hey, like, these two guys aren't sticking around. We're looking for musicians. And we didn't really give a shit, right? Like, like they were on their way out anyway. So we're like, we're looking for people. And uh, Tom, our bass player, he also attended that show. He reconnected with his high school friend, Brian, and they came to our show. And they liked us. I liked Brian. We kind of hooked up, uh, started practicing, playing a couple shows under Bulletproof. And then Tom officially joined the band. And we were like, okay, a new lineup. We need a new name. And we decided uh, to pull lyrics from one of the songs. And it was uh, a bullet straight to your heart. And it ricocheted to you. And we we're like, bullet to the heart. That's it. Let's do it. And 2017, January 1st, we announced that we were in a new band. Right on, definitely. And that's uh, just so cool. Like what we're, we're talking about with like you playing drums and stuff. It's like, you know, you announced that and it just happened, you know, that uh, both these people, you know, one was opening, but also one reconnected with a friend there at the show. It's just cool how like stuff, stuff like that in, in life happens. Yeah, there was, um, I don't remember the full story, but uh, something happened to Tom, I think the day before, and he almost canceled. And he's like, it was one of those weird things. He goes, because here it's a, it's a, it's a small like lounge bar kind of show. He's like, I shouldn't have went. He's like, and something told me I had to be there. And it's one of those just weird kind of things where you're like why are we all here right now we're all strangers like they know each other i'm with audrey we know each other and we just kind of connected and we were like you want to like play this music that we just played on stage and brian's like oh i could learn that and i'm like cool you have one week because we just got a huge offer to open up for gemini syndrome i was like so you got one week to figure it out and that was kind of the like the you know 
wow, this guy learned all of our music, eight songs in less than a week's time to practice. And that kind of, I was like, wow, maybe this guy's serious. Because my other bandmates at the time, they weren't really serious. That's why they left. It was getting too real. So it's like to connect with everybody on that level, it, it was just so awesome. And it kind of just happened all at once. Oh, for sure. I, I bet it was, it was just really cool to experience that. And, you know, you can tell, like, you know, he's serious because he had a week and he learned everything. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I know there, you know, I, I've heard stories of other people, you know, not practicing, being lazy, not doing stuff. So, like, it's just so cool to see that dedication, especially for people that he, he just met. Yeah, that was the weird thing. Like, like, I look back on it and I was like, wow, I was kind of a dick. But it's like, that was almost necessary to happen. It was like super weird. Like, you know, like, with a cattle prod, like, learn this song, bro, like, right now. And it's like, he did it. He was like, all by ear, like, oh, I got the whole set. We're like, oh, okay, you're good. <laughs> Damn, that, that just gets more impressive. But, you know, like, for opening opening for Gemini Syndrome, like, I mean, that would be a cool opportunity. Like, you know, just, I got a week before I could do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, especially at the time, that was, like, Audrey and mine, like, favorite band. Like, we, we've seen them a couple times. I actually saw them open up for uh, Avatar the first time at Castle Theater. And uh, Avatar at the time was my favorite band. Gemini was her favorite band. Same bill. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, everybody's great. I'm hooked. We got to meet Aaron and uh, Brian, the drummer. And uh, he gave me one of his drumsticks, uh, which little side story is the reason I play my heavy hitter drumsticks by XL. They're, uh, they don't have tips on it. So he's, he's the guy that kind of introduced me into that. But it was, like, just kind of cool moments where you're like, dude, like, it's great, you know. But it, it's fun. It's a fun, fun time. Definitely sounds like it. I didn't know uh, I didn't know there's drumsticks without tips. I uh, uh, Yeah. That's pretty cool, especially that's how you, how, uh, you started using them, too. Uh, so for for you, uh, and, so, you know, we're talking about live shows, so I'm playing live shows. Uh, what is your favorite song to perform live? Ooh. That's a thinking question. Yes, it, yes, it is. Um, I probably, probably right now, probably inclement weather. Um, because it's a song that we kind of started putting in the live set recently, so it's not like a, it's not a single, it's not a necessarily a fan favorite. But I just get a throw down, play hard, heavy drums for no reason, and there's like two different breakdowns in the song. And I get to, like, add all my little odd time signature accent notes. And I don't get to do that with a lot of the, like, single-type songs. So to play this one, and uh, we usually open up with uh, Fallen Away, which is, like, our bigger song. Uh, and then it goes right into Inclement. And it's just so fun to just throw down as hard as I can, get amped up as fuck, and just kind of go hard. So I'd say Inclement Weather right now. That that is a solid, uh, solid song, solid um, uh, explanation too. Of like, yeah, I just get to go nuts and add in uh, weird times, uh, St. accents. I like it. I can dig that. Yeah, definitely. definitely I'm, I'm definitely feeling it. Like that's one of the stuff where I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, <laughs> definitely get you amped up. Before we continue this conversation and talk about the brand new single Black Widow, we have to take a quick pause and hear from our friend James and the Winging It Travel Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Winging It Travel Podcast. This is a travel podcast where we're having conversations with new guests every Monday. This is an anecdotal, informative podcast for backpackers, travelers, or anyone who's interested in travel. It's a casual style where there'll be stories to tell 
tips to share and experiences to inspire. My name is James Hammond. I've travelled to 50 countries, done three work visas and plan to do a big worldwide trip later this year. I've met so many people on my travels in the last 10 years that I just have to get them on this podcast to get their stories on record and provide some tips for you for your trip. There'll be so much travel content coming your way in the next coming weeks, months and years that inspire you to book that trip that you've always wanted. Stay tuned for my weekly episode. Thanks. Now, a big thing I wanted to chat with you, and that is the, the new single and music video for Black Widow has been released at the end of August. Uh, so how did like, how is it writing and recording uh, Black Widow? So um, it was a little nerve-wracking at first because one of the main things of why this song was even in the construction is because we got an opportunity to record with Justin from Miss May I. That's the one who uh, tracked and produced some of the track. So we got this opportunity and we you know, couldn't pass it up. So I, I go to Brian, Brian and I are the main uh, instrumental songwriters. And I'm like, bro, we gotta write something fast. We gotta write something heavy got to take it into a more mature direction you know like transcendence just came out and we're like dude we got to go like we got to go hard so we started writing all of these riffs and like i think after eight songs like fully written songs uh we had uh black widow conceptualized and audrey didn't like it at first she's like there's too much going on it's too riffy you know whatever so we decided to take that one riff and move it to the bass and it kind of opened the song a little bit so, but going into uh, the studio, we had to go out to Ohio at uh, Rephrase, and uh, that's the studio, and uh, we got to meet him, and he's such a sweetheart. So then all of a sudden, the nerves are, like, dissipating, and you're like, oh, wait, like, he's super cool. We're prepared. We have this material ready, and we just kind of threw it down. And just getting his little bit of feedback, his little bit of production work, just, hey, like, move that over. Maybe extend that part. Go harder here. Just getting that feedback kind of like pushed us like mentally as musicians to like try something new. And we had a finished product. And this whole time she's she wrote the lyrics to the instrumental demos. And she just wanted to write this song about this female assassin taking down these creepy bar dudes that I'm sure the rumor, the rumor is saying a song a similar, but we we've also encountered that with having the the female in the band. You get these creepy bar guys. They go up to the merch table. They're breathing weird in her ear. And she's like, dude, I'm angry about it. And this was kind of a way to cope with that, but also like tell a story visually and artistically. Oh, definitely. I really love the new, uh, you know, I, I really love the new single Black Widow. I think uh, it, it is, it's very hard hitting, but also it's got that like, groove and riff to it with the, obviously the bass line and the guitar as well. Plus, I love the lyrics and uh, you can, it's a song like you can already kind of picture before you even see the music video. Yeah. So before we even thought of the video, when she wrote that line uh, in the verses, I just pictured her up against a bar, like just kind of sitting there. And I was like, wait a minute, what if we like built off of that? Like, what if we just go like, not artistic, you just go literal for this one. Because usually we try to be artsy. We try to like depict a different story or a vibe. And this time I'm like, no, I think we should just do it. Like, just go literal this time. Just movie style editing, just do it. And I think it worked out. It was a lot of fun to shoot. And uh, people are liking it so far. They like the female assassin kind of badass thing. And, you know, she kills a creeper, man. 
Well, I, I think it's definitely a story you can get behind. I know I, I've talked to quite a few bands. Obviously, the rumors. Uh, I just had uh, Dancing with Ghosts from Florida on my show, and they, you know, uh, she had a similar story as well. Um, I don't know why people got to be creepy. It's like just be cool, man. We're just here listening to music. Shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, I mean, and and we get it too. Even being men, you know, people forget that as well. But I mean, it definitely, she's gone through a lot of stuff, especially the whole time we've been in bands like people just they want to like put the arm around her and she's like dude like what are we doing he's like well i bought a t-shirt and she's like i don't give a fuck you don't get to touch people you know it's just it's super weird and it's like sometimes you got to step up and like protect her and it's it's just so weird i'm like guys just walk away like don't don't do this we're trying to have fun you know we're trying to we're, we're in another state we don't know anybody like just just be cool man it, it is very unnecessary and you know as you say, i mean i guess it's just anyone in entertainment they, they have those people where they want to touch you or like you know excessively talk to you and the conversation's kind of over uh you know just it, it's just weird oh yeah no it, i mean everybody can relate everybody's i bet it's got a story but oh, yeah. you just gotta kind of gotta roll with it yeah i'm trying to be professional as possible you know when it happens but you also gotta like lay down the ground and be like hey that's not cool like take a step back it's all right you know Definitely, exactly. And uh, getting back with uh, Black Widow, do you think this was a different uh, recording, you know, writing and recording experience compared to other songs? Oh, yeah, way different. Um, we usually track ourselves. Obviously, we're in our messy studio, but uh, we usually track ourselves and then we send it out to someone that we trust and they kind of handle all the post stuff and the mixing and then we get stuff. This one, we actually had to like pack up our shit, go to another state. It was like a studio in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. And it's a beautiful studio, by the way. Like huge bands have been through there. So it was like a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, because uh, we usually do stuff ourselves. So to have somebody literally across the room like, hey, don't do that. Do something else or go harder. Change this. We're like, oh, like, yeah, we got to be open-minded. So it definitely was a little bit of like a creative shift of like, hey, we should listen to this guy he's like legit versus just us being in our studio where we're beating up ourselves. It, it is different when you get another person in there. Cause like usually if, if you track it yourself, you're relying on yourself and your bandmates to go, okay, maybe we should change it up or try this with yeah. somebody else. You have like a completely outside view to it. So yeah. You know, and, they, and they could have a completely different idea, you know? So it's like, uh, but like I said, definitely like a, there was a creative shift and it pushed us to write more mature and think about the small, like minute details that ended up making the song, in my opinion. Well, I think it's it's really well thought out. Like it's got you know the, the lyrics tell a really great story, but also like the, the music complements it so well. Uh, that's why yeah. like, I, I really enjoy it. Just like listening to it, I was you know preparing for this interview. I was pretty much you know I was listening to the, your music, but I was like specifically listening to Black Widow because like, nice. like it was just something. It's like I, I can really feel this. Like it's just it's got that emotion in there too. Well, I appreciate that, man. Of course. Now, I, I did want to talk about, I know we talked a little bit about the music video, but uh, how, was, how was it filming it? Because it, it looked really cool. I mean, obviously, you had, like the, you had the cool, like, you know, you had suits on and the well, you were, you yeah. were well-dressed and stuff. Uh, how was the whole experience? Um, so it was very stressful, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, we got uh, permission to use that bar, and they had a show at a certain time. So we had from noon to, like, I think it was, like, 5.30 before the sound check to like get everything done. And we're like, oh dude, you know, that's plenty of time. And like three hours in, we're like, oh shit, we have 75% left to go. 
like we had so much stuff like the makeup took way longer the setup took way longer like getting all the prop stuff together took way longer we were like kind of freaking out but it was a lot of fun we had a, a lot of uh OG Bloodline members there. That's some of the background characters. They're fans of ours. They've helped run merchandise. They help us with equipment sometimes. So it's a bunch of people we just trusted and just kind of seeing that come to life, like her in the dress, doing the standing up, pointing the gun. We were just kind of like, oh my God, this looks incredible. So it was it was stressful, but it was a lot of fun. And it went by super fast, blink of an eye. Well, it definitely, it, it looks like, obviously, it really uh, captured the whole, like, mood and vibe of the song very well. Uh, you guys look badass in it, and yeah. it, just, it looked really Thanks. cool, and uh, I'm glad it wasn't, <laughs> glad you got everything done on time. Yeah, like, like my uh, my video guy was a little upset, because he was like, dude, this should have been a two-day thing, and I'm like, nah, dude, we got to do it today. <laughs> it's got to be done today. <laughs> but, yeah, we got it done, and it, it was cool going back to... Uh, when we first started, we wore the suits with the red ties. That's something we did for some reason. I don't I don't know why I remember, but it was kind of cool going back to that, but then putting a twist on it. It's like it's like calling back to you know what you guys did in the past, but also putting a new spin on it. Yeah, it's kind of got that like uh like that, you know, hitman, like John Wick kind of thing, like that organized, you know, hitman thing. And like I just thought it was kind of cool to especially with the female assassin. And, like, Brian plays a great bartender with the suspenders. I was like, dude, you look amazing. <laughs> like, he had his hair done and everything. It was just – it was awesome. He was definitely rocking those. I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah, that's how he looked uh, at my wedding, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, so he did that hair, and I was like, bro, you look you look hot as fuck. And he's like, oh, you like it? I was like, yeah, dude, like, you look good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, I think he knew. I think he knew he looked good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why you spend the money. You know what I mean? Was, Getting that hair done. <laughs> exactly. If you spend the money and you look worse, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'll drop a link for the music video for Black Widow in the description of this podcast. Please check it out. Now, you did mention uh, the Bloodline, which is like uh, you guys like fan, you know, fan base family. Um, how did like the name the Bloodline like uh, come about? So um, I don't remember the exact details, but it was something about uh, we started writing a song and she kind of mentioned like in a metaphor that like there was something or a group of people like pumping the blood through our veins to keep us alive. And I was like, it's almost like a bloodline, you know, not like the heritage kind, but like the other kind, like a physical like entity. And we kind of just kind of stuck with that name. It was simple and fun. It was something different. because a lot of these bands, they do like the, you know, it's so-and-so army or the so-and-so loyalty group or something kind of generic. I wanted it to be different and stick out. And the, the bloodline thing was different, unique. And at the time, this is when we had our older music, it kind of fit like that aesthetic, that like raw, just graphic blood and guts kind of feel. It definitely is. Um, it's a different, different name because obviously, as you said, there's a lot of generic stuff or it just says the band name. Uh, or fans of the band name so it's cool to get give some a little bit different but also yeah, it is it is kind of true like without uh the fans and without your support you know you guys wouldn't go get as far as you guys have gone and i think you know it is it is they are pumping the blood they are fueling you guys yeah and we didn't notice that until um i think it was the second album uh we noticed we started when we played specifically chicago we would we had like the same like 50 people and then you would have 
the other people that kind of show up, whatever, like the same 50 were like, dude, this group of 50 is they're here all the time. And like, they, they brought their friends or they were kind of like whoring us out. You know what I mean? And like, eventually became a bigger group and we're like, Oh, we need a name for these people. Like we, we know everybody's name in it. We talk to these people personally and they, they helped push our music. They help. And like, we started getting in the messenger, you know, on Facebook and we're like, Hey, like, if we put together a Facebook group, would you guys want to be a part of it? And everyone's like, hell yeah, dude, let's go. So I was like, okay. So we started out um, when we built the group, you would get like extra discounts. If I could, free tickets, we would do giveaways there. And then it's kind of grown into this larger entity. So now we have like the bloodline on Facebook. That's like the sharing, the helping out, kind of like being a part of the community. And then we have like our Patreon now. And the Patreon are like elite blood members. Those are the people that are literally like investing in the project and getting to work with us behind the scenes. They get to provide feedback and watch us build a new song, watch us record. So now we have like this bigger, like it's, it's a bigger bloodline now. And it's, it's really cool, man. It definitely sounds like in the way it just grows, you know, very, very naturally. It starts with, you know, 50 yeah. people, but then, you know, it grows and obviously the internet, it grows even more. And then you have Patreon, which grows even more. It's just so cool to see like just the progress and the growth for you guys. Yeah, and that's one of the cool things is uh, like we had like a majority of the group was from Chicago when it first started. And once we started touring, we're not promoting the bloodline. We don't say, hey, look it up and join. People just started clicking on there and they were like, oh, my God, saw you guys in Kansas, saw you guys in California, saw you, at you know, whatever. And we're like, oh, my God, like we remember that dude, you know, and, like he wants to be a part of this. And we have a couple people from like England. We have, I think there's one German guy on there. Like everybody's just like a part of it like they, they share our stuff they're invested in it it's like it's kind of cool man like it's definitely bigger than i ever would have thought you know i never expected to have that kind of reach and people care and that that kind of like makes you think about it like you're like oh like this does matter like when i'm having a bad day like this matters and it's okay you know so it's definitely cool and especially with the internet man like people just find it yeah, it is really cool. It's what, you know, with the internet and how just people find you guys, like, you yeah. know, because they connect with that music so much that they're like, all right, you know, they just start looking you guys up like, oh, join this or, you know, listen to some more music and stuff like that. And it's just so cool to have that connection with people. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, it's definitely it's definitely been a lot of help as, as well. I, I can imagine. Now, uh, as I wrapping up this interview, Draven, I really appreciate uh, you hanging out with me. I do got one last question before we wrap up. Uh, this is probably the most challenging question I will ask, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, of course, there's always one. <laughs> what has been your favorite moment from your musical career so far? Oh, man. I, I did tell you it was going to be challenging. I did tell you. <laughs> man, that, that's a hard one, though. Because like, there's a lot of defining moments, but there's also moments that I never thought I would uh, experience and experiencing them was like, whoa, like where would I be if I wasn't doing music? You know? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. Like a, a single, uh, no, people have picked a few, if you like it is, it, you know, it's your interview. You can break the rules. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. That, that's a, that's a hard one. So I'm trying to, I'm trying, really trying to think like one specific, but I don't know, man. <laughs> Dude, oh, you can list a few if you like. <laughs> well, because I mean, like, we talked about the House of Blues. That yep. was probably a big one. Um, one of the cool ones 
I'm just gonna like start naming shit at this point. I mean, uh, go for was, it. Uh, we played Cheyenne, Wyoming. That was one of the coolest experiences, and it's like unexpected. Like we had a couple bad days on the on the tour, you know, like just like low draw, like people kind of moody kind of stuff. And we go to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and it's like a warehousey type venue. And, uh, you know, we set up our stuff. Uh, there's a headliner. We're on before the headliner. There's an opening band, you know, whatever. And we went and got food and we came back and there's a line, like a full line, like outside curved right of the venue. And we're like, oh, is that for like the brewery downstairs? Because they were doing brewery stuff. And the guy's like, no, nah, man, that's for the show. We're like, we're playing. Whoa. Like, wait a minute. So after having this negative experience, we go into the room and it's like fucking packed. Like hundreds of people in Cheyenne, Wyoming are ready to like rock with us. And we were so like motivated to get this crowd going. Uh, Audrey at one point had every person just jumping to one of our songs and like everybody was invested in it. Uh, we met a lot of people that knew our music. That was like kind of the first time where it clicked. Like you're like, dude, we're a week into this tour and we're finally hitting markets where people know who we are. You know, and there's people with like their kids there, like, like, oh yeah, me and my daughters, we listen to your music. And we're like, really? Like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost like unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, you don't expect it to to go that level. And then you experience it and you're like, oh my God, like this is really happening. You know, so that that was definitely a moment that stuck out on that tour. Um at the end of that one, that's the 2019 tour, coming home. Uh that was probably another big one. Not only did we play really well, because we played 33 dates in a row without a break, but that room was fucking sold out. And that was another one where we're like, oh, yeah, like, we got this. And kind of, like, lit a fire. But, yeah, I mean, those are a couple. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other ones, man. I, there's been so many shows. No, I, I, I got you, man. But I did not know that uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming could throw down. Uh, I would, you know, that, that, that is really cool, especially going somewhere, you know, you guys are based in Chicago, but going to, you know, a, a completely different state far away and like people know who you are. It's gotta be a cool feeling. Yeah. Well, that's one reason, um, that show stuck out. Cause, um, not only did we, uh, so we made us, I don't know if it was like, it wasn't stupid. It was stupid at the time. It's not stupid anymore, but our very first tour, we booked a 33 day tour uh, with, you know, another like bigger band and, uh, all the dates were out West. Like we've never been out West. We, we've been to like, you know, uh, Missouri, we've been to Wisconsin, we played, uh, you know, Iowa and like Indiana, we played Chicago a lot. And then it's like, bam, first big tour. Cool. You're going all the way to Cali and then you're going through the South and you're coming back up and we're like, why? But it worked out, man. I mean, we, uh, those, some of those shows were so fun and just like, yeah, people people knew us, and that's when we were like, "Where have you heard about us?" And they're like, "Oh, it was a playlist on Spotify, or a YouTube video came up. It was recommended with this band or that band, or we heard you on the radio." And I was like, "Who's playing us on the radio?" Like, it's one of those things where like you're almost like in shock, and then a couple of days in, you're like, "Oh man, like this is this is what I want to do the rest of my life. Like that's what I want to do right there." And I think it's really cool, like, what you just said. That's kind of why I ask that question. I know it is extremely hard and very challenging, but it, it's cool just the moments in your career that, like, stick out to you. It doesn't have to be, like, oh, I, you know, I, uh, I played this huge show or something. It's like I met someone in Cheyenne, Wyoming, who, like, listened to my music. I mentioned a, bu a bunch yeah. of people at that show that know my music. That's the cool takeaways that, like, you don't think of, like, you know, like, like right away or other people who are listening to this, like, 
don't think about those aspects. You know, and uh, it, it, that's a good point with uh, what you said, because uh, I'm going to build off of it. Um, I rather play a smaller show, like a 50 to 100 people that are so invested than play to a thousand or 10,000 and everyone's just standing there. Like we, we've played shows in Wisconsin where there was like 20 people there, but every single person is moshing. Every single person is screaming the lyric back at Audrey. Like that's the shit that sticks out more than the, Oh yeah, I opened up for this band. There was a thousand people there and I was like, cool. But like, were they into it? You know? So yeah, definitely those, those home shows are nice. I definitely, I definitely can imagine that. And uh, as I wrap up this interview, so what are the plans for Bolt to the Heart for the rest of this year, twenty twenty two, but also looking into next year, twenty twenty three? So um, Black Widow just came out. We're probably going to do one more single this year. Um, again, that is off of the couple songs that we did with uh, Justin. There's a total of five, so two this year. Um, the plan is to book a big tour next year. I'm talking like something bigger, like with a big national, a lot of dates. Uh, we're currently, uh, investing in a RV to sleep in and live in on the road. And that will keep us out longer. Cause that's one of the things that's uh, a little restrictive right now is, uh, we had our original vehicle and our trailer break breakdown and we have not like recouped from that. So we, we've been sleeping out of like a Tahoe and a, and a, and another trailer. Yeah, it's really tight. I mean, it's, it's luckily we're a piece of four. So like everyone kind of has their own space, you know, but uh, yeah, we want something better. And we have, we have an inn somewhere where we're trying to get this RV. It's already been decked out and everything for us. We're trying to invest in that, uh, work on some more music, a little bit more promo, uh, obviously with like the interviews and the press and next year coming out really strong with a big tour. We're really trying to do something, something major next year. Well, I definitely look forward to seeing uh, how next year goes for you guys. I, I wish you the best with getting the RV. I hope uh, hope all of that happens. And if anyone wants to support Bullet to Heart, obviously you, you guys have your Patreon. And yeah. uh, I'll leave some more links in the description to help them get there uh, with the touring and the RV as well. Yeah, the Patreon helps. Uh, buying merch goes a long way. I mean, you know, rep that, rep that logo and, uh, you know, it helps out a lot. So. Definitely for sure. But please check out the links in the description for everything Bullets of the Heart. I will leave all that in there as well. Draven, I had an amazing time chatting with you, dude. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was nice. This is, this is another one for the books, man. I like it. Hey, that's what I go for here on Super Cool Radio. But for Draven of Bullets of the Heart, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching or listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty. <laughs>